Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Welcome, everybody. It's, uh, it's good to see uh, all of your faces today. You, you can open up to Acts 4. We'll be there in a little minute. Uh, you, you know that, it's, that we're deep into a weird time in history when you look in your sock drawer and you find the mask that you have been looking for and you just assumed you lost and it brings you great joy and encouragement. And that, that was, that was my morning. I, I, seriously, I saw it. I'm like, that's not a sock. And I said, oh man, I've been looking for this mask. Just this plain black mask, but it's one that doesn't hurt my ears. And I'm like, man, we are in a weird spot in history when that is a, a sentence that's not weird to any of you. Maybe you can relate to finding your favorite mask somewhere. Uh, that's just, that's, that's where we're at, uh, this morning. Uh, that's where we're at in life. I, uh, I just want to welcome you guys. I, it's, Super encouraging. I, I think this is the first Sunday in maybe, uh, gosh, probably about a month or six weeks that I haven't had to dust the car off of with snow. And instead, it's been like, man, it's so nice out. I can wear the shoes that I want to wear and not have to change when I get in the church building. And it's just, there's so much good that's going on. I hope you guys, I know you guys feel it, uh, but, but certainly it's almost tangible that I can, uh, I can feel it for sure. Uh, we're, we're over here and we're in Acts 4. We're kind of in between series. Uh, we were talking about, we're, we're talking about selflessness as kind of this whole four month focus. And then last week, Mark uh, gave a great lesson just talking about, uh, really that what I took from it was talking about the, the wedding, uh, and just this wedding that, that was, could have been so bad. There was only 20 of us there. And yet everyone pitched in. I remember we drove and we were making the best out of whatever kind of situation and, and every, it was all hands on deck and, and we were, we were talking to, uh, our, our wives and we're like, what kind of food should we bring? And we said, we should bring, uh, chicken wings. And they were like, no, it's a wedding. Don't bring chicken wings. And so, okay, well, that's not. A... And so we got some, like, some different kind of coffee or whatever. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's the way to go. So thank God that, that there's women that are helping, uh, us foolish men to not, not get chicken wings for a wedding. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> we, we're, we're in Acts 4. We're really what we're talking about today is something I've been sitting with for the last, uh, probably the last six weeks or a month, honestly. And, and really more than that, about, about the time since I, we came to Kalamazoo, we're in between. And so the, the lesson is not necessarily focused directly on selflessness. It, it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't fit in anywhere, but it's stuff that I've been sitting with. And I hope that it's, uh, it's an opportunity for you guys to really assess and, and look at yourselves. Uh, the, the title is, and it's a scary title. We, we were doing this early and I was like, man, it's a scary title, but there you go. It's, do you want to be used by God or do you just want it to look that way? You, you think about this, this idea of, of wanting to be used by God and all of us, if you ask, do you want to be used by God? Or maybe, maybe you're in a spot in your relationship where you don't know if you believe in God or you're in, there's, there's different spots, but regardless of where you're at, you say, man, I, I want to be used to do something powerful, something inspiring. I want to be used to help other people. That's what we would all say. And, uh, and, and certainly that's why this 
church has been planted. That's why you, you guys are here, that there's something inside of you that says, I want to be, to level up in some way, shape, or form. I, I, wherever I'm at right now, I want to go one step higher. And maybe you're in a spot where you say, I want to go five steps higher. And that's great, but five steps starts with a step. And so we all want this. And when we're writing it down, we all, it's something we all want. But as I was really thinking about myself and I was thinking about uh, the, my, my relationship with God since August is coming over here, there's been a lot of times where, where there's been an opportunity to just make it look like I'm being used by God and just, okay, I want to take a step back and say the right things. And, and, and this is such as the problem. I think the older that we get spiritually and the more uh, impact, the more people that we're influencing, such a tendency to want to look to what, what man looks at and, and say, okay, I can, I know the right answers and I'm going to paint this the way that I think is proper. And, uh, and then, and then that's going to be enough for me. Uh, we see this actually in society all of the time. And so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to show uh, a commercial, uh, that, that was played at, in the Super Bowl, not this most recent one. And, and then we're, we'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. Again, I'm, I don't want to comment necessarily on, uh, how noble of a cause this is. I actually think it's a very noble cause, but, uh, but, but here it is though. It's this idea of de- deception that's all around us and, and being viewed one way is, uh, is, is way more important than really being that way. So, so here, let's watch this commercial. And you, you, See that commercial, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, whenever I see some kind of commercial where there's a, a child involved, child, children and animals, my, I like, I'm ready to to cry. Like, I don't even know. I, this is like a new thing that I'm not even sure about emotion, but I'm just ready to cry at like the drop of a hat when I see something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just, I want to cry. And you see this guy, you don't even know what what you know if he's just an actor. I have no idea, but you just you get welled up and you think, man, the Ronald McDonald House and what a noble uh, cause and and. And that's great. And I think it is a noble cause. I want you, this is the stuff that I was sitting with though and really thinking about. And I started looking up some statistics about the Ronald McDonald House. Again, I don't, this isn't a commentary on the, the Ronald McDonald House as much as it is just this, this idea of seeming a certain way is all around us. Uh, when, when being that way is maybe valued a lot, a lot less. And that, so this Ronald McDonald House, the McDonald's, they only contribute about 20% of all of the contributions to this, this, this charity. Uh, and actually when there was some tests being done or some, some stats that and these guys got audited, it, it turned out that McDonald's, according to all of the other, uh, or many of the other like big, big corporations, they gave 33% less of, of what they, they made and their, their income than all these leading corporations. And then, and then hear me now. So the average American that's making $50,000 or higher gives 4.7% of their discretionary income to charity. Uh, if, if, You've, you've been living as a, as a Christian, then you understand that 4.7 is way higher, uh, and that's just discretionary income, but that's, that's 14 times what McDonald's gives of their discretionary income. And so I, again, I mean to say that this idea of, of seeming a certain way as opposed to being that way is all around us, and we'd be foolish to not think that it, it can permeate our Christianity in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so this morning, I, I want to challenge us. It, it just says in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This morning, let's just pray for wisdom as you as you really look at yourself and start assessing uh, what's going on in there. Uh, we're, we're over here in Acts 4. My, my first point is that focusing on men blurs our, our view of God. 
It says in Acts 4, 32, an amazing time in the church. This is the, the 3,000 were, were just added. Uh, and, and this number was growing and growing and growing. And it, and it says, this is just a triumphant point, I think, in, in Scripture. Uh, it says in Acts 4, all the believers, in verse 32, excuse me, where all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they have with great, with, they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or sold or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Amazing time in, in what's going on in this, this movement, right? You get the sense that there's energy that's building, there's a community, there's a oneness. Everyone, it says they're one in heart and, and they're just pursuing God wholeheartedly. Let's read what happens, uh, seemingly, uh, not, not too far following in, in Acts 5. It says, Now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Then after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing you have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. That, that's how I'd be feeling. And then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. That moment she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. That, that's the response I would have. It, great fear sees the whole church. There, there's some things that we can, uh, that we maybe have to wade through. Uh, th- this is probably not the, the God that, that you've learned about growing up. Or maybe it is. And if it is, maybe you have a full image of God. But this is, certainly isn't, especially post Jesus' resurrection. This is not the image of, of God that, that I get oftentimes. One where on the surface it seems like, man, he's just, he waited for them to make one little mistake. And then he just decided to kill him. And, and I, I think we have to understand a few things. As I was kind of studying out how, how to reconcile God's unending love with this. You understand that this was early on in, in the church's history. And so if, if there's going to be, or the modern church, I should say, is history. If there was going to be something this small, that it was going to turn pretty big pretty quickly. This, this one ripple was going to have amazing effects 
if it was allowed to. As it stood, this what happened here, it, it did have amazing effects. Uh, it has amazing effects even as we read it today, right? The stuff that we're like, I I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm good with God. I, I don't want to uh, to conspire against the Holy Spirit is, is what it said. There, there's a there's a small group of theologians that will maybe that they'll communicate that perhaps he didn't uh, he didn't die immediately. It was the aftermath of what had happened and the sorrow and the grief and and maybe maybe that's true. I, I do think that that what all that communicates is we're really trying to reconcile how could God do something that seems so drastic to these individuals, but understanding again that this this is the a rippling point. This is certainly a turning point. In, in the church, and there's great opportunity uh, for this example of Ananias and Sapphira to teach us how not to behave. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to look at the reasoning behind them acting this way in the first place, uh, because certainly you, you, you realize it, it makes us do some weird things. And I, I just, I, I think they were more concerned with how spiritual they looked than, than they were of how spiritual they were. And for, for, for you and I, it's, it's worth asking, are, are we more concerned with how spiritual we look or how, how spiritual we are, how focused on God, how, how in love with God we actually are? You know, so, so growing up, uh, nobody would accuse me of being well-behaved, uh, especially at school. <laughs> Certainly when I, when, I, when I went home, I, there was, it was a little bit different. I knew, but, but going to school, I was always the guy, I would always make the, I had to have the last comment. And I knew just enough to know that I'm, I'm crossing a line, but let me not cross it and get sent to the office or let something crazy not happen. And so every, it seemed like every year at parent teacher conferences, there, right at the beginning of the year, there was this interaction that my dad would have with my teachers once he learned that he wasn't maybe receiving phone calls because I wasn't, according to everybody else, as bad, but I was still pretty disruptive. And he just told the teachers every time, he said, hey, even if there's something that you think, man, he shouldn't, I shouldn't give a call to a parent. It's not that big of a deal. Even if it's, there's something a little, just make a point. Go ahead and, and, and have, you don't even have to call me. Just tell, just tell him to use your phone and call me. And, uh, and he, and he made sure that I knew the same thing. Hey, if you do something that's a little bit off, uh, you're going to have to call me. And I knew that, that calling him, uh, meant a spanking later on. Uh, and then after I got to whatever, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, it, it meant uh, grounding, and then it just meant this this, uh, this this discomfort the whole rest of the day. If you've ever had to call your parents or you've gotten in trouble, the earlier in the day you get in trouble, the worse it is. The whole day you're wondering, what is going to happen? What Man, he's probably so angry. He's imagining the most amazing punishment for me, and, and he's so crea- and So really, the, the whole, you know, I, I remember there'd be so many times where I'd, I'd or more times than I, I'd want to admit that I get to the, this brink. And, and the, the teacher would just say, Hey, you're going to have to call your pops pretty soon. I said, Oh, no, 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 please, no, please, no. And, and, and I, I don't, I don't think I ever really learned, uh, this lesson. I was really focused as much as I could on treating the system. I, my, my goal was not to behave well. My goal was to behave well enough to not have to call my dad. Uh, yeah, there you go. That, that's, that's the confession. Maybe my pops is listening on here. So there you go. But. <laughs> But, but for us, spiritually, we, we can't be those that, that are just looking to cheat the system and just appear just good enough so that we can put on a good face, maybe we can show up at church, or we can post something on social media. You, you guys know how it is. Maybe you've been there. I know that I have. 
putting on a good face and according to virtually everything else where our lives look good and really deep down, there's a lot of gunk, there's a lot of mess going on. Where do, where do you want to be seen as more godly than you are? Maybe it's in your marriage, in your parenting, in your daily walk with God. Maybe it's in your purity, your ambitions, your spending. Where do you just want to be seen as more spiritual? And, and again, I, we want to be seen more spiritual because we should be at this amazing spot, shouldn't we? We've been doing this for an extended period of time. I, I remember... When I first started coming around, like really getting into it, I was uh, wide open, right? There's this, I mean, it's just like, whatever you want to know, I'm with it. Oh, man, how was your quiet time? Man, I didn't even read the Bible for a week. High five. I'm just happy to be here. You know, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm around still. You know, and this is my, my feeling. But I was just ready to talk about it. Uh, now, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. When somebody asks, hey, how, have you been studying the Bible? Like, where are you at with that? And it, especially... Maybe we've been there. If it's not something that's been uh, an awesome part of our, our of our Christianity or a walk or whatever, and then we're like, ah, wow, how could you ask that? You're assuming the wrong thing. And, and what I would say for you and I is it's not just enough to profess that I'm an open book, that if somebody asks, I'm going to let them know. I think we have to become people who are who are willing to share this pretty readily. You know, if there's the perfect, and I've been there too, there's a perfect amount of questions and there's this combination of questions that if somebody just hits me with the left, right, left, and I answer this way and this way and this way, then they're going to know everything about me. And, and for you and I, we, we, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we have to get to a spot where we're able to share this stuff readily and freely and ask for help. It's not about how, how spiritual we appear. It's how spiritual we are. Come on, Let, let's, let's keep reading here in Acts 5 and so this this amazing occurrence happens the people are shook and understandably so but if we're focused on being used by God then our standard is going to 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 be high it's in Acts 5 in verse 12 right afterwards it says the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade no one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people nevertheless more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number as a result people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. So often as it happens, as you read scripture and you see a, this, this incredible occurrence happens, this is, they were amazed by this fear was, was struck up. And then, just says that the apostles perform many signs and wonders. And you, you, you get the image of these, this group of people as big as they were and they're meeting together. And it says that the people, they didn't dare join them. Yet so many still followed. And there, there was many that, that came on. They, they didn't want to join them. They didn't dare join them, but they were highly regarded. And more and more men and women believed. These are, these are things that don't appear to be congruent on the surface. I would say, that it, we would be those that say, well, everyone wanted to join them, or everyone decided to join them, and they were highly regarded, and many believed, or we would say, nobody joined them, 
People were terrified of them. They looked down on them. Didn't happen. People didn't, didn't follow. We, we understand, though, that if the standard is extremely high, and if we keep the standard of Christianity high, if we're focused on being used by God, there's no other result but for the standard to be very high, then, then more and more people are going to come around. There's a, there's this guy, his name is Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if you're, if you're super familiar, uh, but I'll, I'll just read a little blurb. Um, it, it says, on December 29th, 1913, an ad ran in a London newspaper. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in the event of success. Over 5,000 people read this newspaper article and, and they decided that they're joining this journey to the South Pole. The expedition led by Sir Ernest Shackleton proved to have been advertised accurately. Uh, so, so it ended up where there was 28 men that were chosen of this, of this big group of 5,000. You think this ad, this is not the ad that I would, I would get if, if I'm trying to help people to follow God. We took an ad out on Facebook or whatever. And it was hardest thing you've ever done in your life. The most, the most difficult. Openness required. Honesty necessary. And, and not everyone makes it through. Like, oh my gosh, why would you want to do And, and yet, it, this is what happened there, and so many followed. It, it, it took off August 4th, and with the crew, it was 28 men. Basically, what happened was it was super cold. They traveled. They were about a day's journey from getting to the spot they were supposed to make it. And then there was a bunch of ice that came, and it, it was, they said that it was, uh, there was ice, but the ice actually joined together. And how it was described is that they were an almond in, in a, a bit of toffee. And so the, this, this ship was just encapsulated here, and, and that's a horrible image, right? And so then these individuals, they, they got on land, and, and they realized they would have to, at least, at least six of them, six or 12, would have to take these, life, uh, these lifeboats about 800 miles to the, the nearest source of, of land, and, and, or this nearest source of civilization, something or other. They ended up making it, all 28 ended up surviving. But, but I, I mean to say that this amazing advertisement that we would not think to post was one that drew so many people. For, for you and I, as we, as we keep the standard high, we have to understand that so many are going to want to come along. If, we're, if our focus is on, is on pleasing God, then, then those seeking after godliness are going to want to, want to follow whatever we're doing. Think about, man, I, I just want to lead somebody uh, one step at a time. And I think that's okay. I, I hear it. I, there's, there's different steps for different people, totally 100%. But, but let's not be those that are afraid to shine very brightly. Right. Let's, not, let's not be those who are concerned, oh, I don't want to appear this way or that way or the other way. The, the Bible literally says these individuals, people were scared of them, and yet they still wanted to follow. I just get the image. They're like, I don't, if I go into this group, they're going to hold me to something amazing. I'm not ready for it yet, but one day maybe. And, and I get the image that one day just came relatively quickly for these individuals. You know, the, the brighter the light, the clearer the path. If we are going to be those who light a path to God, then we have to shine our light extremely brightly. Right. So as you guys think about uh, the, the original 
question, do you want to be used by God or do you just want it to look like you are? If we're, if we're going to be used by God, then we cannot be those who are concerned at, at comparing ourselves to other people. Our, our concern, our standard has to be comparing ourselves to God. And we, we can't be afraid to, to, in an effort to bring more people along or to make the gospel more palatable, we can't be afraid to be those who, who preach the word very powerfully. So, so this week, I want to, I want to challenge you just to take con- some special consideration. This is the wisdom part. Take special consideration of, of those whose opinion you value most highly. It's probably not somebody who is inherently evil, not somebody who's ill-intentioned. May, perhaps it is, but, but I, I would say for most of us, it's probably not somebody who has malice in their heart or, or anger towards you. But, but if we're going to be those who follow God the best way, then we can't even really be concerned with what they think. Think about how, how powerful it's it's going to be when uh, when when we this is this is how it's lived out. I want to be a part of a, a church that that does what, what these guys did so well, right? I, I how cool would it be to be a part of a church? And they, they say about the Kalamazoo church that they're like, man, people are scared of them. It is it is a little bit scary. I know when I walk in, there's there's something different. Man, I'm, I'm scared of them. I'm not going to join them, but, but people, they're speaking highly. You heard about this church. You heard about this church. Yeah, they're, they're doing things a little bit differently. They're actually, they're trying to follow what the Bible teaches. And yeah, wow. And, and then what's going to happen though, if we, if we follow that well, then more and more are going to be added. Amen. Awesome. Right now, Karn is going to come up and share a communion thought with us. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, We'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.